And Nicodemus was looking for something more, something deeper, something more impactful. He felt within him, and I believe he was called, he felt within him that there was more to what he was doing than what he was doing. And that's why he came to Jesus Christ. Yes, and you you mentioned something also in when we were talking at, at one point about um, the need, how everyone needs the Savior from the least to who we think is the, is the greatest. Mm-hmm. And here you have Nicodemus, the teacher of the Jewish people, mm-hmm. the teacher of Israel, high up there, right. who didn't have it all. He didn't know it all. Right. And he needed the Savior. Mm-hmm. He needed that understanding to the lowest, whoever you would consider the lowest, mm-hmm. maybe the Samaritan woman. Right. You know, she needed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Nicodemus needed Jesus. Every person from every level, from every walk of life mm-hmm. needs this gospel of salvation. Amen. Amen. If you look at it, we have these uh, spectrums. We have we call them spectrums from one point to another point. And from this spectrum, you see that Nicodemus, like 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 you said, was a leader among men. He was religious. He was someone that we would consider close to God. Right. Mm -hmm. But then in chapter four, we get to see what you talk about, the Samaritan woman. And, you know, if you look at Samaritan to the Jewish people, they were like lowest of the lows. And then you're talking about woman. She had to be the lowest of all lows than if she was the lowest. Mm-hmm. So you look at how Jesus approached this religious leader and then he approaches this Samaritan woman. So you can see the spectrum of the love of God mm-hmm. that I want to reach everybody. And as we go on and as we understand this gospel that Jesus is preaching to humanity, this he's witnessing this good news to humanity, we will discover the the things that are important in the gospel of what God, creator of all things, came down to earth. And he's sharing with this man mm-hmm. representing humanity. These are important things that you need to know about why God had a plan like this. Mm-hmm. Why? Was I the plan of and also what are the things that I came to do and who did I come for? And if you're not part of what I'm saying to you, this is what you represent. So he lays it all out. No gray areas, point blank. Mm -hmm. This is what I came for. And these are the type of people that I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. No, simple as that. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. That's what you got. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what verse did you end up on? So let's uh, continue on with verse nine. It says, how can this be? Nicodemus asked. And Jesus says, you are Israel's teacher. And do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe 
how then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? So first I want to deal with we. Jesus is talking about we. Who is he talking about? Is he talking about the disciples? You know, who is he talking about we? And then two, the earthly things and the heavenly things. You know, just from a perspective. Well, yeah, like the, the earthly things. When he was talking about the wind, you know, where where the wind comes from, um, that was an, an earthly concept. You know, we you know we know all know about the, the mm-hmm. wind. And then I believe he talked about, well, no, Nicodemus actually talked about being born again. Can we enter into back into our our mother's womb a second second time that's a that's an earthly thing but but jesus addressed the the spiritual aspect of it so he's going to use what things that we know the earthly things to help us to understand the spiritual things and also to piggyback on that is very very verily verily i say unto you that we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. It's almost as if when you share the truth to someone and they don't understand what you're talking about, they don't bear witness to what you're saying. It's like, listen, I'm telling you what I know. And Jesus is there at this point that we will come across people when we share in the gospel. Like my testimony is like crazy. And most people would not believe it. I said, well, you, if you can't believe my testimony, how can you believe the gospel? And that's even more way out there. But it's the truth. And so I'm sharing with you what I know about my testimony. I'm sharing to you what I've seen about my testimony, but you're not getting it. And so there's that moment in, in our walk with Christ that we share something to somebody and they just don't get it. They see it. They're trying to understand it with, from, a, from a natural perspective. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is saying, you got to be born again. And so as we go into the next verses, these are indications of us knowing how to be born again. What is he talking about being born again? How do we become born again? How do we become born of the spirit? And um, I want to cover this. I did, think I did on the first part on this, this topic. And in John, the first chapter of verses, we'll start with uh, John 1, verse 12. But as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so we see that there's a heavenly birth that God has has called us to. And some people might say, well, if he made all these people born again before whatever, it says, no, see, the, the point is, is that if you decide based on what we'll cover through what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, if you believe what God has given to the world, then you are a child of God. You've been born again by God. Your indicator is that how you handle the truth, how do you handle the light is a representative of if you have been called to be born again. And so I think that uh, people get kind of frustrated or ups- upset by that, but it's based on your choice. What are you going to do with the information that has been given to you? What are you going to do with this gift that God has given to us? What are you going to do with this light? Are you going to let that light guide your life into righteousness? Or are you going to let that, that, that light push you away to stay in darkness because you like what you do? Let me address the things that stood out to me about the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we talk about the first aspect of what Jesus is talking about in verse 13, he says, And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. So from this, we can gather that God is telling us 
Jesus, God, son of God, is telling us he's addressing where he came from. Nicodemus was unaware of where he came from. He just thought him as a teacher, a rabbi, a man from God in the sense of, yeah, God sent him for us to teach us. Um, and the miracles that he was doing was God was with him. But he never understood the fact that what Jesus is saying here, he says, I came from heaven. I'm from heaven. I am the son of God. I am part of the triune God. And this is who you have sitting right in front of you sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so let's go to the next part of what Jesus addresses to Nicodemus. Uh, verse 14 and 15, it says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so much the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So now he goes to uh, deal with Nicodemus's uh, ability to know what the scriptures are saying, because in the Old Testament, Moses lifts his, lifts this staff of serpents and people in order for people to be saved. They had to look to that serpent. And God would heal them. And Jesus, he's telling us about his death. He's saying that I'm going to be lifted up. And if you believe in me, you shall be saved. If you don't believe in me, you will perish. And it was just like what Moses did with that serpent staff. It was that if they look to it, they will be healed. If they didn't, they were going to die. And so Jesus is making a comparison to this religious person that has studied the word and saying, this is what it's like when you read that it was just talking about me, how I would die. So now Jesus has dealt with them about where he came from. He is the son of God. He is God. Then he deals with, hey, this is how I'm going to die. This is how I'm going to die. And if you want to live, you look to me. You believe in me. If you don't, then you suffer the consequences. You have this choice. It's just a you do or you don't, you know. And so we have this in 14 and 15. And so now let's go to the next verse, verse 16, which we're all familiar with, which, which you talked about in the beginning, is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, right? Mm -hmm. And so we know this is because of the fact that he's sharing with him, and everybody knows the scripture, but look at it from this perspective, God is witnessing. We use it in many ways, but God, Jesus Christ is witnessing to humanity, man, religion, however you want to put your, whatever box you want to put yourself in, he is witnessing to you. And he's saying, this is the plan of God. This is the plan of God. I'm here to fulfill the plan of God. So when you share this scripture, you have to look at it from this perspective that God is saying, this is the plan of my father. The God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, who was Jesus, who is Jesus, but whosoever that whosoever believes in him, Jesus, should not perish, but have everlasting life. He says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In reading that scripture over, for God so loved the world. We we can say that we say that so often that sometimes it could lose its power. Mm -hmm. But if we think about it, you know, especially for those who are married, when you first get married, you know, you've got that new love and you think, oh, man, I just love this person so much. And this is the I, I can't imagine loving this person any more than I love them right now. Mm -hmm. 
But as you go on in that relationship and your relationship grows and you grow together and your love continues to grow, you're like, and you look back at when you first got married and you thought, man, I thought I could not love this person any more than I do right now. And you can't think, you, you can't imagine loving them more than you are loving them right, right. now. Yeah. But as you continue in that relationship, you continue to grow together and that love continues to grow. And as I read the scripture again, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that who that all we have to do is just believe in him, mm. believe in him and we would not perish, but we have eternal life. And it says, for he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't send Jesus here to condemn us. Mm. He already knew we were condemned because we didn't believe. Right. So now he, he sent his son through this realm to break through this realm to destroy the works of the enemy that causes us not to believe. Right. He sent his son to destroy the works to save us, mm. not to condemn us. And people think, well, if God was so loving, well, then why would he do this? If he was this, why did he do that? He is loving. He sent his one and only son to break through darkness, to destroy darkness, to snatch you out of darkness, to, to give you his eternal life. That's how much he loves us. And so when, when we talk about that scripture and we read that scripture with, for me, it's with a, a new sense of, of understanding of God's love for humanity and how he wants that same love to be in us for humanity. Amen. Amen. There is in John 3.16, it says these, these things, perish everlasting life, perish everlasting life. And if God says that he came to save, which means that he came to save. He wants all to come into the knowledge of the truth. He wants everybody to be saved. So if he's saved, that means he does not want us to perish, which is God so loved mm -hmm. so that we do not perish, mm -hmm. but that we receive this gift that he has given us. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other side is that when we're condemned, when we don't accept this gift, when we don't accept this life, we have this choice to decide whether we want to perish or we want everlasting life. Mm -hmm. So when God says, I love you, it's because he wants to save you. It's not because he wants to condemn you. He said, no, no, I don't need to do that because you're already, already in that swimming pool. Right. Already you're already swimming in that pool. So what I want to do is be a lifesaver. I want to save you mm -hmm. from that swimming pool. Mm -hmm. We have a choice. And so that goes into the next part. It says why he came to do what he came to do. 17 and 18 explains those things. 17 talks about uh, not to condemn, but to save. And then 18 talks about he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Mm -hmm. So if we look at that, let's break that down. We have condemned and we have saved, condemned and saved. Now, no in between. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's nothing added. There's no additives in this. And this is God sharing the gospel mm -hmm. to humanity. So he is really being pointed. He's letting you know exactly 
what he's talking about. You will have those that are condemned and you will have those that are saved. Mm -hmm. And the difference is, is that salvation comes when you believe in the gift and, and the promises of what God has given us through Christ Jesus. You've been listening to It Was Found in My Heart with Gary and Veronica. If you need prayer or if you have any questions or responses, you can contact us by sending us an email at iwfimh at gmail.com. That's iwfimh at gmail.com.